Hi there, I'm Annette of Arab Africa Coaching and you are listening to Coffee and Stars Podcast, a platform for candid and unconventional narratives about the place of the young African woman in society. In this episode, I speak to Dr. Nyama, the specialist psychiatric and executive director of Green Creek Consult and also a psychiatrist at the Pantan Hospital in Accra on the topic mental health, women and the workplace. World Mental Health Day is celebrated annually on October 10th, a day set aside by the World Health Organization to raise awareness on mental health issues around the world while soliciting support towards initiatives and efforts to address mental health issues. The theme for this year's celebration is Make Mental Health and Well-Being for All a Global Priority. Welcome, Dr. Nyama. How are you today? And introduce yourself to our audience. Hello, Annette, and um, greetings to yourself and all your listeners. Um, I'm Dr. Danswan Yama, as you mentioned, um, psychiatrist here in Ghana um, with Green Creek Consult and also at Pantan Hospital. I'm really excited about today's topic, and I hope we have a very fruitful discussion. Thanks. Thank you, Dr. Nyama, for joining us today. I am very delighted that you could make it. Mental health is an extremely important subject, and I am glad that October 10th has been set aside for such a discussion. For someone who is new to mental health or does not know what mental health is in basic terms, what would you say mental health is? Uh, just to simplify, mental health really is us, okay, um, is how we think, how we feel, how we behave. That that essentially is what mental health is. But if we want to be a bit more technical, then we are looking at a state of well-being, okay, a state where you're well, where you're able to achieve some four main things, where you're able to achieve your maximum potential, where you're able to cope with the normal stresses of life and um, that we all encounter where you're able to work productively fruitfully so you're not just working but it's being productive it's fruitful and we're also able to contribute to society so that essentially is what mental health is and it is part of our health so we can't talk about health without talking about mental health most of the time we think about the physical aspect but it's as equally important as our mental aspect and the two have a huge impact on each other. Okay, thank you so much for that answer. Now, I want to ask you, at what point should someone pay attention to their mental health? I know you have said that mental health is part of your general health, is part of your overall well-being, and also how you are able to cope with the normal stresses of life. So what is the point when someone should pay attention to their mental health? Um, and that's a really good question because the fact and the truth of the matter is there's no point at which you would say this is the step at which now I have to pay attention to it. It's something that should be our lifestyle. Right from childhood, right into old age, every facet of life has that aspect being there. So the truth is you can't talk about health 
without <laughs> including mental health. And sometimes it looks like we, we relegate it to the background, but in actual fact, it is something that takes place and is at play every single day in our lives. You know, we all navigate different scenarios in life. We are not always happy. We are not always sad. We have this fluctuating levels of how we feel, our emotions, our thoughts throughout. Sometimes uh, we can be having quite optimal mental health and at other points it can be quite on the low as well. So we all navigate these fluctuations with our mental health. However, these things are normal. We should, however, pay attention to these aspects, especially when they begin to drag, when they begin to be prolonged, and especially when it begins to have very negative impact on how well we are functioning, then we should always have in mind that, no, it's something that we should really have to be looking at. So there's no specific point, but I'll say that it's, it's, it should be part of our daily conversation. It should be part of our daily life, right from childhood right into old age, every facet, it's extremely important. But as soon as you notice that these normal variations are beginning to hit at our level to function in family, with work, with our day-to-day activities, then there you might be moving to the realm of a disorder, which might need more um, professional assessment and assistance. Dr. Nyama, what you said um, makes me a bit curious because you just said at all points of our lives we should pay attention to mental health. And one part is maybe when it becomes extreme. But I am curious because, unfortunately, it is not so. A lot of times we do not, we think that mental health is, is, it's only mental health when it has gone to the extreme or when it has reached the state of, uh, I don't know, you may know the technical term, how to say it properly, but when someone of um, not being able to add mental health to our daily aspect, because you talked about health, we are all aware when you maybe you don't feel very well in your stomach, you say, okay, maybe you have a stomach ache, then you will take maybe some over the first aid, something like this. When it becomes extreme, you know that you have to go to doctors. When you have a headache, when you don't feel well in some part of your body, you know that you have to go to the doctors. But how can mental health, which is part of the overall well-being and also part of our health, has been relegated to the background? That, unfortunately, is the situation on the ground. And there are multiple factors that account for this. Um, one would be lack of insight, lack of knowledge on, on the part of most people. So ignorance to a large extent. People don't really know um, as much about it as, as we would want. And sometimes they misinformation. As you rightly said, um, quite often, especially in our setting, and I think it's, it can be generalized to the global space as well, uh, most of the time, people tend to think about mental health in the light of hearing and I will look at someone who is a bit untidy, unkempt, um, probably roaming the streets, talking to themselves, looking very disheveled, and it seems to be in their world of their own, you know. And it kind of paints an image of mental health that really isn't the case. Um, oftentimes, in new rep- news reportage, you would get to have some images that seem to depict what mental health is but that isn't the truth of the matter because that's just a small fraction majority of persons who have 
issues dealing with with regards to mental health look just like you and i there are the people we are engaging with in our families in our workspaces in our churches in our mosques you know in various communal areas we are engaging with and the stigma attached to mental health tends to make people limit the extent we don't want to even seek help initially i mentioned that it's something that rises right from childhood into old age and the truth is majority of mental disorders would have even started before the age of 14. So even how we we are looking at our home environment, you know, the kind of upbringing, the kind of home environment, um, the type of parenting, the type of influence we are having during those, it's all part of forming the adult, you know, and it has little impact in there. So that by the time you're seeing the full-blown thing when we are looking at an adult, it would have really started years and years before. So the 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 um, way we don't prioritize our mental health as we do our physical health, quite unfortunately, um, has many factors at its root. But I'll say on t- the topmost of those would be um, lack of information. And I'm happy we are discussing that today. And also the stigma um, that kind of curbs people's interest in even look or even thinking that it has to be something because the thought that it has to be that alone can be quite scary unfortunately the way people would rush to see a cardiologist or um, an orthopedic person or any other specialty when it comes to psychiatry you know most people are not eager because it has huge implications and um, which shouldn't be the case because the brain is as equally as important as the heart the arms and every other part of the body okay so we lost you misinformation being one of the reasons why um, we don't have the right the right understanding of mental health and also stigma now my next question um, relates to a person's orientation and you have already said that the type of parenting from childhood on up to old age the type of parenting that a child will have and also by the age of 14 they would have um, already started to exhibit or whatever mental health um, challenges they would have. I may not be quoting you right. These things that if indeed a person's orientation affects how um, they deal with their mental health um, in general sense, how can someone be oriented in a good way for them to be able to be in a good mental health state? Okay. Um. When it comes to person's orientation, um, that is quite a broad term. And there can be various orientation based on faith, based on educational levels, based on even sexuality. You know, based, there, there, there can be various um, perspectives when we talk about orientation. But just to simplify it for this, the purpose of this discussion, um, one, education and us breaking the myths around mental health is a first step um, and discussions like this are great because it helps to break it down for everybody to understand exactly what we mean when we are talking about mental health um, that it's how we think how we feel how we behave you know and irrespective of our, our inclinations when we're talking about faith or even with regards to our belief systems and um, other things we may have the fact of the matter is that all of these to have some impact with regards to um, our mental well-being, even our cultural systems, you know, our educational systems, all of these have that impact. So once we start uncovering it and discussing this as 
it is on its own you know looking at what it is and bringing light to where there's a lot of misconception and misunderstanding about it and making it such that we can have healthy conversations we can talk about it and it's not a taboo you know in some places when you even mention it the whole the, the whole environment the ambience changes because everyone say age is this what you want to talk about you know people we hush it down even when families are experiencing have someone experiencing a challenge you know the the, the whole thought of being stigmatized brings them to even hush it up in a work environment people might notice that someone is not doing so well but are not eager to even talk about it we all want to pretend it doesn't exist because it's like a taboo topic but that should not be the case because it just fuels the misconception it just fuels the misunderstanding and just worsens the situation we should be able to talk about it openly so if i'm not feeling well today i should be able to say ah annette today or this past two weeks i've been feeling really down i've started having thoughts about harming myself you know i should be able to confidently discuss these things with others without feeling that i'm going to be labeled as being unwell and mad you know and that's where it starts from creating that enabling environment with the right information those are first steps of course there's more that can be done um, i'm sure we can discuss that in more detail later but i like the part about um education and people pretending but pretending doesn't it's like uh, saying no and wishing something away when you say it doesn't go away when you pretend it doesn't go away and if also it's important that when people open up to people about what you said, that someone says, I don't feel well, I have this thought, I'm feeling... I think that society and the individuals in it should have the capacity to support people when they come this way and give them the necessary counsel to say, see a specialist, or I understand how you feel, but I think that the best way is to talk to someone who can give you the best advice, who can help you, not rather to stigmatize the person. Sometimes some people even laugh at them or shut them down. Why do you talk like this and all that? That does not help at all. So on this podcast, we talk a lot about women and their career progression. Often the workplace with its stresses causes mental health challenges. So what are some of the ways a person's work can affect their mental health? And just by curiosity, have you, in your experience or practice, seen any um, examples of where a person's um, work is affecting their mental health? This is nothing strange. It's nothing new at all. It happens all the time, and there's a lot of data supporting it. Even the recent WHO release on work um, has a lot to talk about with regards to mental health in the workplace. So it's very apt that you brought this up. And especially with women, um, yes, workplace is able to really take a toll on um, the mental wealth. Now, there, there are so many factors. I can't run through all of them. I'll just touch on a few that are quite um, common. So, for example, one, a lady might start a job role um, single, okay, and then as time goes on, she's rising in rank, um, but then she's also progressing in her, in, her, in, her, in her personal life. So she's now getting married she'd start having children you know and she's still having these job demands that are probably also increasing and how to even juggle all of these you know the stress the stress can take a toll on individuals and that would often reflect also with mental health. stress and mental health are very very related um then again 
with particularly women as well, even in a work environment, this is something that a recent discussion I actually had with um, a certain organization, and it's not just them, it happens with many. Assuming there's a lady who is very professional working, you know, being trying her best to be productive, but then you notice that even with regards to these personal aspects we're talking about, let's say she's she's growing, but she's not yet married. Sometimes within the institution, you know, the kind of pressure, the kind of talk that comes around, it can take a toll on someone's mental health because it's like there's so much pressure and the person is not seen just for what they are doing their capacity but now being judged for their personal lives as well same with when someone is married and is not having the fruit of the womb it brings on additional stress even within that workspace so it's kind of the the merging of both the person's personal life and their professional lives kind of oftentimes has a huge impact but looking within the institution alone things like the workload the work schedule timelines having to juggle work and life balance that alone can bring a lot of issues um then you can talk about the technological aspects bullying is another one and then also abuse and you know like um when we're talking about things um like people being um sexually um, exploited with work you know harass harassment issues those can also take a huge toll where persons have to hold on to jobs but they, they they are really struggling in that position because they're actually being harassed being bullied either by senior colleagues among others some can be very cutthroat environments that are very toxic some work cultures and some work environments are very toxic it's not toxic as in someone is putting poison in there you know trying to poison them but then the environment does not make one feel relaxed i had a case where a lady would say that look no long no matter how long her weekend is just the mere thought of having to step into the office on that monday or on the weekday brings a lot of anxiety you know and for women one of the top most common mental health disorders we experience are actually the depression and anxiety disorders women would experience depression twice as likely as men okay and these things keep fueling the impact on women and then it takes a toll on your productivity so you are you're facing the stress at work you're facing it at home and it, it begins to take a toll so you're not productive enough and then work kind of superiors are asking why are you not being productive and then it just like that vicious cycle of not feeling adequate keeps perpetuating itself so there, there are so many factors but um i hope i've touched on just a few to make the point clear but this is nothing strange it's something unfortunately more common than i would i would actually like to see <laughs> so that is a lot like that is a lot i can ask you like 100 questions from what you have just told me it's a lot and what is interesting is you said women face much more depression than men twice as much and then they also have anxiety i had one um one story one of the motivational speakers was talking about people's work and the kind of stresses they deal with and he said that now i forgot i forget the percentage but a huge number of people who have heart attacks don't have um maybe the the conditions that they have, they have a name they call it i forgot i don't know all the technical terms but they don't have the heart attack you know obesity all that they don't have it but the only thing that is common is that they get it on monday mornings and so as you said that that someone even thinking about going to work on a monday alone 
gives them a lot of anxiety and can cause a lot of stress on their mental health. I'm even tired just hearing this. And the toxic work environment with sexual harassment, um, bullying, work-life balance in itself, the workload, the timelines. Sometimes you have to work on weekends. You can't have time for your family, all of that. What are the signs that a person should look out for once they, they, um, they face some of these things? They know they have anxiety, but how do they know that this is the point where these, the, the amount of work I'm doing over the weekend or when I think of going to work on Monday, how I feel or the toxic work environment, this is how it's affecting me. How, what will make a person know that I need to prioritize my mental health? Um, navigating them is not easy and you honestly um, cannot even wait for a specific time to say now it's time to prioritize my mental health so it should be a, it should be a state of of living the way you would want to be in shape physically taking care of your physical health by watching your diet your exercising your um, you, you know, you're, you're putting the efforts, looking at reducing salt intakes, amongst others, just to stay physically fit. It's the same way you have to be consistently be making efforts at ensuring that you're, you're in a state of wellness mentally. Because you wouldn't want to wait till it gets to a certain, you know, it gets to the, the line where you're, you're moving the realm of a disorder before now you start taking it um, seriously. Because there are a lot of, and I am an always an advocate for prevention preventive interventions so once you notice that you're facing these stresses stress management has to come in and stress management yes it has its physical aspect but there's a lot of psychological aspects as well so whilst you're putting things like you're scheduling well you're delegating amongst others you also want to have time where you're taking out the requisite breaks you know to relax and if it's even taking breathing exercises in between just to relax yourself so that you don't end up having feeling overwhelmed. That is way more beneficial than waiting till a point where you think now I have to take it seriously. Um, so I would advocate for things like, you know, stress management, um, talking, you know, finding a place where you, finding someone that you're comfortable discussing these issues or something just discussing or saying it out loud you know bring some reprieve and relief so finding someone you can trust who you know become treat everything confidentiality um is, is an avenue to, to to discuss these things sleep is a very important thing and ensuring i get adequate sleep so oftentimes when one is going through a lot of these things one of the very first factors that gets affected is your sleep so you notice a change in the sleep pattern for some people, it might be a decrease in the sleep, you know, the, the frequency and the duration and the quality of sleep. For others, it becomes very prolonged, but still they're sleeping excessively, but still feeling not um, getting the, the rest. They, they don't feel rested, you know, they're still waking up fatigued. So sleep is one of the first indicators that will let you know that there's something really up. And same with appetite. Those two tend to kind of bring up a few things you notice those changes but then out I, I agree fair enough all of us are not always 100% all the time but once you're noticing that this thing is progressively continuing you know it's not like just today I'm down and tomorrow I'm back up I'm fine but it's lingering it's taking two weeks and you're still feeling down and you're having 
energy sap you know you're having all of these other symptoms come into play certainly it's always a good indicator to talk to someone and it doesn't even have to be a psychiatrist i always say you can't even talk to your gp you know you can't even start talking with a friend someone you can just relieve the stress and steam with but if you're still not getting better you can always talk to a professional you can talk to your gp you know and then if there's need for a referral that can be done even with a psychologist there are lots of resources available but i always tell people to we, we should always the way we put in a lot of effort into preventive physical conditions we should also put in a lot of effort with preventive measures for our mental and things like coping our coping strategies i can't stop without saying this our coping how we cope with stress is extremely important and finding healthy ways of coping you can do that by exercising you know by getting a good hobby by having a good social support system all these are helpful but and also avoiding avoiding unhelpful coping strategies which include um use of drugs use of um, alcohol use of illicit substances just trying to adjust most people do this and not necessarily women women sometimes do but men a bit more so you realize at some point they're stressed then they're hitting the bottle you know they're drinking much more that just worsens the whole condition and you might end up with something else in addition to the primary mental disorder so these are basic things i was saying but when all else will certainly reach out to a professional that is always always available as well oh, wow. it's very 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 insightful there's a lot of nuggets in here i think that a lot of people will be helped through this podcast i especially like the last part when you said that do not um go on to drugs and alcohol once you start um feeling these kind of ways you have to go through the right channel and not to actually worsen your case because you might get something else once you are even dealing with the mental health situation now the reason why i asked you the first the question in the first place is that i've seen instances where people are having challenges with work so for example someone um, they have a huge target they have been taxed to raise uh, x amount of uh, money by the end of the year it's already um, October or November. They don't have even like maybe one-tenth of that um, money. Um, they have huge tasks. The stress is huge. And then now they start um, having um, panic attacks. Like maybe when they sleep, they, can, they, they start dreaming or having panic attacks. Some people also start developing physical health conditions that... Um, that manifests maybe as a result of maybe the anxiety or the depression they are feeling. And so that is why I asked you that what we want to prevent, but when somebody has been overwhelmed in such a state and they've reached this point, what are some of the things that come out? Okay. So once um, there's obvious symptoms, when once there are obvious symptoms, there are obvious um signs that are present suggestive of a disorder or stressor um it's always good to get professional help um and i say this because the in our society before most people actually come to the professional settings majority would have gone through faith-based spiritual interventions amongst others and i can't fault them because our society is is that oriented that's our culture but then once you're looking at specific kind of disorders, 
um, getting adequate professional help in early is important because you need the right diagnosis to be made. And uh, self-diagnosis is not really great. You can have a good idea of what it is, but it's always good to have a professional do a proper assessment to get a full 360 degrees form of diagnosis because there's a way we go around and looking at your biological, psychological, and social circumstances and then addressing the intervention in that regard so that you get a holistic care. Um, certainly, social support systems are good as well. So once you're... I would certainly encourage that once you're unwell, if you're having panic attacks, you're having, um, you're certainly depressed, you're having suicidal ideations, you know, you're, you're definitely um, rendered, your functioning is impaired, the, then at that point, there's really no 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 real um, choice than to actually step out and get professional help. And I know um, even with us here in Ghana, there are some... Um, restraints with people stepping into a psychiatrist and i don't follow them as well and i don't think everyone should show up in a tertiary institution i think there are primary centers there are a lot of um institutions health facilities that have psychologists and health mental health professionals there who can give the requisite um, assistance but certainly reaching out for help is the first thing you have to do with regards to the professional sector yes there are a lot of avenues and a lot of interventions that can come to play um, and it will be case by case um, but then sometimes all of these things have to be taken into consideration. And a good support system is also very important. But at that point where you are, you are not functioning well, you definitely need the professional assistance. All right. Thank you very much. So this question I'm going to ask is in relation to organizations and institutions. Are they really supporting the mental well-being of staff? And how can organizations do more to help? Well, um, it's difficult to give a blanket answer for every nation, but certainly um, majority or most organizations can do more. There's, there's room for improvement, and that's what the whole report, the Beauty Report 2022, um, sort to say. And I agree perfectly with it that there's a lot of work to be done by institutions and um, organizations, employers, managers, you know, supervisors, there's a lot of room and there's a, there are a lot of avenues um, for persons to be supported. Every institution is a bit different. So it's just, so you can't expect one size fits all to run through every institution, but certainly based on each institution, we expect that they would have, they would develop a culture that promotes wellness, you know, and it can be in diverse forms especially considering their needs and what they have, but then having a mind to it. So one, even educational drives, you know, talking about it and creating the environment such that employees and staff feel comfortable to discuss issues of mental well-being. That alone is one step where people can actually openly discuss these things and not feel like by coming across as having some challenge with their mental health, they are going to be seen as weak, they are going to be seen as a liability and that they would have to be kicked out of the door because that's really the honest truth. Most clients who come to us when you have to even look into changes of job roles or um, needing some time off amongst others, majority are very hesitant to have their superiors know about it because the whole perception is that once they get to know it will be used against them, it will be used as a tool against them and Work environment is becoming very competitive. So, so that sometimes these little things, though 
shouldn't be the case are taken as um, weaknesses and that is absolutely wrong. So work environments have to actively promote wellness in terms of their structuring of time, roles, um, shifts amongst others, making sure that yes, um, their employees are well because it's only when they are well that they can actually be more productive. And the, the research is clear that once you invest in the wellness of your staff, it leads to at least fourfold increase in productivity. So it's still good business to actually invest. And you can't just do that by word. You have to actually put in the effort and actually put in that investment to ensure that your, your staff and employees are well. So I have this question about with their mental health. If someone's um, job is now affecting them so much that they can't cope with the normal stresses of life, they can't manage their well-being and physical health is at stake, what may they do? Okay, so once it gets to that level, um, as I, I would always recommend a, a good assessment, okay, a good professional assessment to first see exactly what the diagnosis is because based on what you're working what the diagnosis is and you're seeing what's the 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 um, perpetrate like what the the factors are that are precipitating or triggering it then you can work around um what might be helpful for some conditions once a person is even on treatment they're able to return back to work and work very perfectly in the same role you know, so there are some conditions once the person is in treatment, receiving the requisite care, and they have their disorder under control, they're able to function perfectly well in that capacity that they have. So it's more of just a matter of getting them well. For others, based on the level of the or the severity of condition, you might have to, it might require some changes in the job role or some adjustments here and there such that, um, the, the the environment is is more supportive and it's not causing so much harm and stress to them. So for there, some recommendations can be made as to how they can navigate the work environment in a more productive way, so that they are not having so much backlash in there. So that is also an option for some cases, and this is something we often want to liaise with organizations and students as well. Um, Persons can come, be managed, and all of that. And I mentioned toxic work environments, amongst others. How we reintegrate individuals back into the work environment. You know, sometimes someone might have had a very bad breakdown or an episode at work because they were very stressed. And maybe other um, staff saw it or got to know that the person has had maybe a psychotic break or something of the sort. Now, once the person is very, or something, and this can be very acute, you know, it doesn't mean the person has a severe mental health disorder it just was even depression can come with a psychotic break you know so if the person is now well and is on medication treatment whatever it is and has to go back to work but then now there's a whole lot of stigma in the workspace even the kind of words people say in the tongue can be so <clears throat> people can be very very hurtful by the words they say Sometimes even beating you with your hands might be better. The words colleagues can say can cause so much damage, you know. And so sometimes having to work around reorienting persons back or reintroducing them back into the workspace, um, employees have to take control of that. Employers, sorry, have to take control of that and ensure that the work environment 
and, and encourages people to thrive in their mental health and not necessarily break them down. So people can work, but sometimes just the environment is toxic and that has to be looked at. So the fact that someone is on work doesn't necessarily mean that they have to definitely stop work. No. Right now we know that work actually improves mental health. Okay, once someone is been having a disorder and they are employed it's and, and they're working it helps them do better so we encourage people to actually work to be better but then we just have to make sure that the necessary changes in supportive environment is available all right so um you have said um about coping mechanisms people exercise and finding hobbies does the stress management um, breathing exercise and ha exercises, having adequate sleep, etc. Is there more someone can do to ensure a good mental state? Um, yeah, well, there'll be, a, there'll be quite a lot more, but these are just the simple things that everybody can do. Um, having a good diet, you know, and keeping a good physical health. As I started earlier, as I stated earlier, I mentioned that our physical health and our mental health are intertwined. They are not separate entities. It's the same person. And the physical health has a huge impact on our mental health. And our mental health has a huge impact on our physical health. So ensuring that you are physically well, you know, doing all the things to stay physically fit is important in also improving the mental health so things like even the exercise yes it might be for physical but it releases a lot of dopamine endorphins and it helps one to stay well in the mental capacity so doing these basic simple things certainly will help an individual thrive yes for specific individuals a few more things might be required but keeping it simple is always a rule of mine so i think with these simple things we should be able, and then also talking talking to others and also being encouraging you know saying words that encourage being mindful so those who can practice mindfulness you know staying in the present being positive keeping a gratitude journal you know not just looking at all the negatives that are going on in your life a lot can be going on stressful but then also taking time to actually count your blessings and look at what is going positively can help shift us our mindset into a state where we are not so overwhelmed with all the negatives. Great. So we are rounding up now. I would just want to take your general advice to career women on mental health. Your general advice to career women on mental health. Okay. Wow. Um, so to women, I'll just say, look, you matter. You are important and you play a vital role yes in your work environment in your homes and with the numerous hats you wear so you matter but you are only able to impact all of these areas when you are well so you have to take extremely good of good care of yourself physically emotionally spiritually mentally every sector you have to take it's your responsibility to take care of yourself there you are able to impact your generation in every field you're in so take good care of yourself remember that there's no health without mental health all right there is no health without mental health and mental health is your responsibility so i want to see if the audience has any question if there is any question coming from the listeners Okay, 
called choose your number or numbers. So we have questions from one to a hundred. Our guests, we always play a fun game with them. It's one to a hundred. You just choose randomly any number from one to a hundred. Actually, five numbers. So I will take your five numbers now, and then there are random questions attached to it. Some fun questions, some regular life questions, etc. And then we'll get to know you a bit better. So if you're ready, I will take your five random numbers. Okay, interesting. Um, five random numbers are five, seven, okay. seven, um, ten, ten. I'll do twenty-one. Twenty-one. Um, let's do forty. Forty. And, okay, uh, that's yeah. five actually. Oh, One, great, two, great. So we have 5, 7, 10, 21, 40. So it's going to be a speed date. It has to be very fast. So I'll ask you the question. You just give me the answer. Okay. What would you change about yourself if you could? Number five. Hmm. My thick lips. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number seven. What motivates you to work hard? My family and God. Okay. What is your proudest accomplishment? That's number 10. My children. <laughs> uh, number 21. What, which would you rather do? Wash dishes, mow the lawn, clean the bathroom, or vacuum the house? Wash dishes. Okay. Okay. That's nice. And now we'll go to number 40. Mm, that one, this one is serious. <laughs> That's a weird question. How many pairs of shoes do you own? Oh my god, can I count? Ah. <laughs> hmm. Let's say about let's round it up on ten. <laughs> we don't believe you. <laughs> we don't believe you. <laughs> All it's right. Okay. <laughs> it's difficult to count, but it's more than 10. All right. So thank you so much, Dr. Nyama, for joining us today on this podcast, Coffee and Stars, on mental health, women, and the workplace. We have learned a lot today about our mental health. We have learned that mental health is part of our general health and our well-being and should never be relegated to the background we have also learned that stress management is the best to do and it's it is always good and prudent to prioritize it rather to wait till it has gotten out of hand we always have to make sure that we have adequate sleep we cope well we exercise we should avoid drugs and alcohol especially when we are faced with challenging situations we should also make sure that we reduce misinformation and stigma and we improve education especially regarding the myths on mental health and dr niyama has told us that there is no health without mental health i wish you a happy mental health day and i hope that we all maintain our mental health cheers for me annette of araba africa on coffee and stars podcast <laughs>